Before we get started, a quick disclosure. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Nothing you hear is an offer or a solicitation to buy or sell any investment. With that, hello and welcome to the Rangely Capital Podcast. This is a 15-minute long podcast and the clock starts now. I'm Andrew Walker, Portfolio Manager here at Rangely Capital, and with me as always is my co-host and the founder of Rangely Capital, Chris Lemuth. It is Tuesday, January 26th. Today we're going to start off by talking a bit about the most interesting things we've seen in the market in the past week, and then we're going to move on and talking and talk about blaming the weatherman. So Chris, why don't we just get started with the most interesting thing you've seen in the past week? Well, uh, equities have had a mostly rough month so far, Mm -hmm. and with that, it's shaken loose a lot of wonderful opportunities, and I want to mention one that is okay, and then I will turn okay into great uh, with an interesting way to a little play it. a little financial sleight of hand a little a little sleight of hand if you will uh, so the okay opportunity involves a company a hated company mm-hmm. one of the least favorite by customers company in in the world as uh, a as a former customer I know what you're about to say I will never use them again I hate them but go ahead uh, so Time Warner Cable uh, they are known uh, for uh, their uh, ornery uh, customer service and uh, they are getting bought by Charter another yep. another cable company uh, the deal consideration is worth about $193 per share as of last time I checked around today's close. But the stock price of Time Warner Cable is currently $179. Uh, So with a little bit of rounding, the spread comes to about $15 or so per share. Sorry about that. Some of our bathroom equipment is malfunctioning behind us. Go ahead. (laughs) A little interlude. Uh, And uh, that comes to if the deal closes, as I anticipate, uh, after state approvals from California, approvals from the FCC and DOJ, just take my word for it, it will probably close around the middle of the year is about a 19% or so annual return. That I would consider okay uh, and it's not the 19% that's okay. It's that if you risk adjusted, if you take this equity and look at uh, owning it and take responsibility for all potential outcomes, including some chance that the deal breaks or is delayed, um, it's still it's still a good good opportunity. So, so let's just break it. So buy today for 178. Mm-hmm. Uh, in June, most likely case is you'll get a package of securities and cash worth 193. If you annualize that return, so you know, if you buy for nine and you get 10, you've got almost a 10% return. But if you do it in less than a year, it's a better return than 10%. Correct. If you annualize the return, you get 20, about 20%, we'll call it. Uh, But what you're saying, 20% would be great in a vacuum. But once you adjust for the risk, the deal breaks and lose money. So maybe 80% chance goes through, 20% chance it breaks. Once you adjust for that, this looks okay to slightly above average. Still still double digits, but kind of it takes uh, almost 20% return down to low teens. So risk-adjusted, this is is the decent opportunity you mentioned. It is decent, but I prefer indecent returns. So let's go to the indecent return that is kind of a play on this. For for inappropriate, for joining the 1%, for gaudy returns, uh, what I prefer is Liberty Broadband. Uh, The ticker is LBRDA. And Liberty 
liberty is one of the you have to say liberty broadband every time you refer to it because there are lots of liberties yeah. uh it is a word in a concept beloved by me and by its founder uh, john malone so uh, john malone is our favorite cable cowboy yes. he's uh one of the titans of the media industry and he uh, he started with just Liberty, and then through a series of tax structuring and a bunch of spinoffs, there are about 50 different Liberty companies traded. So you, that's why you have to be specific with Liberty Broadband in this case. You, you might hate wasting money. You might hate paying more taxes than you owe. But nobody hates wasting yep. money or paying overpaying taxes more than John Malone. Yep. He has monthly tax meetings that he chairs, and uh, part of his solutions to taxes is just – endless corporate structures including liberty broadband now uh what it owns if you buy a share you own or are a partial owner to a quarter of charter the buyer in the deal that i referenced yep. uh, uh you own sometime warner cable and you own about five billion dollars of financing of this deal now where does this leave you uh it leaves you deeply exposed to the same deal uh, charter buying Time Warner that you would be exposed to if you own Time Warner. Uh, how is the discount? Instead of a 7% straight up merger arb spread or discount between the market price and the deal price, bam, 14%. So it's about twice as much, but it's much better than twice as good an opportunity. So what you're saying is uh, Liberty doesn't actually own any operating assets. They own $5 billion in cash, which will go towards merging Charter and Time Warner. And then they own some Charter stock and some Time Warner stock. You and could put the whole company in a manila envelope exactly. with a post-it note saying, I owe you $5 billion, love Mr. Malone. <laughs> and similar to an E-Trade account or something, you can take the value of the stock and the cash and you can mm -hmm. say, oh, it's worth 100 and the shares don't trade in the market for 100 the shares trade for 90 And because some of that $100 worth of value is in Charter and Time Warner stock that are also trading at a discount, the effective discount you're creating at is not 100 You're creating 110 for 90 So it's a discount on a discount is the opportunity. But wait, it gets better. As a television mm -hmm. marketer would say, trying to sell something for 1995, mm -hmm. uh, it, it gets better because it's not clear to me excluding this deal the liberty broadband is really deserving of more of a discount than this yep. so i think it's kind of blah without the deal and should straight up i actually think it'll trade through the terms because for reasons that we don't have time to explain it's yeah. worth slightly better than par but i think it's a 15 percent uh, return not just to what i expect will happen but to the expected value taking into account all the different yep. opportunities and that's that a great opportunity i think and i think the last thing is john malone has a long history of realizing the value in these companies so it's not we mentioned closed end funds a couple times it's not a closed end fund trade worth 10 that trades for nine and the manager will never do anything John Malone will do something at some point. He, he, he starts with things that confuse people. Then he ends up owning a lot of it. And then once everybody understands what he did, he's much richer than last time they <laughs> looked. And when you're owning a Liberty Bodband, you're going along for the ride with yep. him. So that's all I have uh, that will fit today. Andrew, uh, what's the most interesting thing yeah. you've seen this week? So the most interesting thing I've been looking at is uh, it's a company called Campus Crest. Mm -hmm. The ticker is CCG. And uh, this is a merger arbitrage stock, classic, very similar to what you said with Charter Time Warner. It trades for about $6.75, $6.80, and it'll get taken out for $7. 
Uh, so that's about a 3 or 4% return, which doesn't sound phenomenal. But the deal, uh, we thought it would close at the end of January. They just announced it closed at the end of February. And when you get a 3 or 4% return and you go to the end of February, so one month, you take that tight time horizon, that's 40% annualized. And uh, some people scoff at that and they say, oh, well, it's only a few percent. But it's a great place to park cash and a basket of these kind of opportunities can be really interesting. And the reason I mention it is I think this is a good opportunity, not a home run opportunity. I think it's a good opportunity. I think there are a lot of these opportunities in the market right now. Markets have been so volatile and they're down 10%. I think merger arbitrage in general is trading wide. And you and I were having a discussion. And normally we hate the, oh, you buy something for 10, that's going to get taken out for $10.10. You make 1% return. That, that's it because you're exposed to so much downside if the deal breaks. But right now, it seems like a lot of things are trading kind of at 950 that will get taken up for 10 where you'll make 5%. And the risk-adjusted return really looks attractive in and of itself. So this was more a way of pointing out like right now is a really interesting time. And this was a particularly good one to do it because the assets are really nice. It's student housing, which uh, it tends to be more kind of recession immune. They've held up very well. They're easy to finance. The deal will close in a tight time frame. But that's more what I wanted to discuss a little bit. It, it's a good opportunity for merger arb, even deals uh, such uh, as one that Berkshire Hathaway yep. is on the hook for uh, PCP uh, is uh, trading. Uh, it's closing this week, yep. but it's trading very wide this month. Berkshire uh, Precision Cast Parts. It, it, it's worth mentioning. That it was such an interesting opportunity on Monday. It was trading at $230 per share, we'll call it. And the shares were getting taken out for 235 mm-hmm. Everyone thought it closed at the end of February. And that worked out to kind of a 20% annualized return for trusting the mm-hmm. word of Warren Buffett, which most people will tr- take that word. Uh, and there was one or two conditions, but everyone thought that it was going through. And then uh, last night they said, oh, the deal's actually going to c- close Friday. So anyone who bought yesterday made a great return. But even buying today, there's a few cents left in the spread. It works out to almost 10% annualized. Mm-hmm. Now, this is only four days worth, so it's a very small spread. But 10% annualized for this deal, which it's one of the most certain things I've ever seen it will close, is uh, it's interesting. It speaks to the fear in the market and interesting opportunities. The, the other one I'll just tick off we don't really have time to go into is that earlier this week, Dell buying EMC was trading beneath the cash consideration yep. in the deal. Uh, the financing, I think, is in very good shape. The commitment of the buyer, I think, is strong. Yep. And you got VMware, at least a VMware tracker, for free. So th- that one is a little bit, it's a, more on the risky side than these two because the financing, yes. it's committed, but it is not finished. Uh, which one, I, that's probably a topic for a separate time. It's almost like your banker has said, hey, I will give you a mortgage. You don't actually have the mortgage, but you have a promise from a bank that you will get one. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that's it for most interesting things in the market. Why don't we move on to uh, blaming the weatherman? But before we get there, we just want to take a second. Uh, if you like this podcast, please follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. If you already follow us, please rate us. Uh, we mentioned this in the last podcast. Only one person had rated us, and since then... Uh, about 15 more of you have. All the response has been positive. Uh, we really appreciate that. And if you like this podcast, the way to get more of it is to give us good feedback and increase the circulation. I, I think that's uh, about it, right, Chris? I, I'm very easy to egg on, yeah. so, so it's encouraging. Rate us, and if you've already rated us, we appreciate it. Share us with a friend now. Uh, so, Chris, let's move on to blaming the weatherman. We live in the Northeast. I live in New York City. You live in Connecticut. I come out here every day almost to work with you. Uh, and there was obviously a big blizzard uh, mm-hmm. over the weekend. 
And what that means is a lot of companies are going to be blaming the weatherman. So Q1 earnings will come out in a little bit and everyone will say, hey, earnings were weak, but it's because there was a blizzard. Mm. Well, Q4 earnings are just coming out and everyone was saying, hey, earnings were weak, but it's because everything... Uh, it's because December was warmer than we thought and people wanted to go outside instead of shopping or whatever. So what do you think of these types of weather blame excuses? There's certainly a good drinking game that this uh, offers. Uh, my favorite is when they talk about the weather as being unseasonably snowy or cold, which uh, questions uh, which season they expected <laughs> the blizzards to come uh, in. All right. Another great one is people will say, oh, you know, we Q4, but it's because there was Christmas in Q4. And it's like, well, there's Christmas every Q4. Like, was this a different one than normal? Not, not to make too serious a point of something that just deserves uh, mockery and derision, uh, but I do think it's a little bit the uh, symptomatic of what we were saying earlier, which is uh, we ourselves do, and we, we certainly have a taste for it, managements uh, that, that consider themselves responsible for all outcomes, mm -hmm. probabilistically, the different things that can happen, not just if it happens to work. Yep. Uh, if you drink a fifth of whiskey and drive home and you make it, you were still an idiot, yep. even if you <laughs> Absolutely survive. Absolutely, don't re not recommend that. Survive. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you did something that uh, might have worked less well, but probabilistically it was a good idea, then you were still being smart. And so I think that some of the quarterly excuses uh, shows how short a quarter is, uh, shows uh, how pressured these guys are, uh, shows how much they try to find proximate causes and things that where that's yeah. almost always folly but it really shows uh, that they are uh, just kind of hoping something works out sometime and not feeling responsible for all the things that can happen and do so there is uh, empirical research that's it I, I kind of thought this was the case but we've managed to find empirical research that says management teams that blame forces outside of their control for weak earnings actually uh, their stocks earn much lower returns mm -hmm. than people who just say hey we messed up or don't even assign outside blame but because anecdotes are always better than empirical evidence, Chris and I took the time to find four great examples of excuses and how the stock prices responded to the excuses. So why don't we trade off? Sure. Uh, I'll start first with my personal favorite. Yes. So this is from October 2015. Uh, Kosi, which is a uh, which sells food. It's a lot like Panera. It's just a sandwich shop with salads. They have uh, free bread ends if you're walking yep, by. If yep. you're walking, get some free bread, walk out. <laughs> uh, supposed to be for the customers, but shoot. Uh, so in October 2015, they uh, had horrific same-store sales. They report, you know, our store was open last year. It was open this year. Last year, it did a dollar. This year, it only did 90 cents or 80 cents. It was horrible. And the company went so far as to blame the poor results on the Pope's visit, causing overcrowding in their core Philadelphia and New York store areas. And that's why their sales were so poor. Well, the market did not buy that. The market sent uh, the company's shares down 17% that day. Uh, so, Chris, why don't you take the next one? Men's Warehouse in 2013 blamed their poor sales on superstitious brides who did not want to get married <laughs> in a year ending in 13 out of fear of the number 13. Uh, shares were down 10%. Yeah, and this was a big... Uh, that's just such a great one. Uh, okay, another great one. Elizabeth Arden, which sells uh, a lot of perfumes, they blamed a steeper-than-expected sales decline on a decline in celebrity fragrances. And in particular, they said 
uh, teenagers were not buying their Justin Bieber and Taylor Swift fragrances at the rate that they had thought they would buy them. Uh, shares did not respond well. Shares were down 23% on the day of that excuse. I've never said this, but <laughs> I don't know how many, if I said, Andrew, you smell like Justin Bieber today. If that's it would not be a, a compliment that would make you happy. If you told me Taylor Swift, I would be happy, but uh, I would not be happy with the Justin Bieber. So why don't you take the last one? And, and, and this I is a you said this, one. How have the shares done since the Justin oh, Bieber it, it, excuse? Uh, they were down 23% after the excuse. I, I don't know how they performed since then. I was just taking day of how they responded to the excuse. Obviously, people are seeing through these excuses, and uh, the only person they're saving is management's ego for a second. Macy's, which I actually, we don't have time to go into the investment merits, but there's some interesting things about that right now. Uh, Last year, uh, March of 2015, uh, reported a poor quarter, uh, and they explained this was because millennials, uh, presumably millennial women, (laughs) uh, were spending money on things like Netflix, and they were not going into nice stores like like Macy's because they don't want to put lipstick on. Yep. So so <laughs> I think the exact quote was they'll go to an off-price retailer and I don't know if they said names but I think everyone implied JC Penney or Forever mm-hmm. 21. They'll go to an off-price retailer without putting lipstick on, but our name brand demands they put lipstick and makeup on before they come to us. I have to say, I lived in New York, as, as you do now. <laughs> Did you put lipstick and on before you went to Macy's? My and home were actually kind of near enough by that I have... I've never bought anything, but I've walked by... The people going in and out of that store did not look like they were spending excessive energy primping. I noticed, Chris, you avoided my question if you put lipstick on before you went to Macy's. I, well, it's it's a null set, so there's no answer. <laughs> no, one Macy's great well uh, thanks for taking the time to listen to us I think that's all the time we have we appreciate you listening to us again please follow or rate us on iTunes Stitcher or SoundCloud and we will be back tomorrow with a uh, podcast on lying and deception that I am very excited about Uh, we'll talk to you then